Hello and welcome to Everything But The Building, a podcast about the people, places, and history behind the profession of landscape architecture. I'm your host, Stacey Brocktrop. Unfortunately, because of my voice, as you can all hear, I tried to wait a day or two to record the final portions of the episode, um, but it just didn't work out that way. So we're releasing a little late, but we'll be back on time for the next episode in two weeks. Today I have with me Magdalena Aravena, who many of us know as Maggie, of the Illinois chapter of ASLA. We talk about everything from the search for a new CEO of ASLA to the importance of diversity and inclusion across the profession. Please join me in welcoming Maggie for the first part of our discussion. Thank you very much, Maggie, for joining me this morning. Could you give me an introduction of yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Magdalena Aravena. Uh, most people know me by Maggie. Uh, I am the incoming president of the Illinois chapter of ASLA. I have been involved with ASLA for a very long time, um, relatively speaking, obviously, <laughs> considering <laughs> I am uh, six years out of school, but basically I've been involved with ASLA since then, since actually probably my junior year in school, so for about eight years or so. And uh, I've kind of had every role that you could think of uh, at ASLA, whether local or nationally. And, you know, now I am trying to sort of balance it all out a little bit more with my professional pursuits as well, because uh, as we all know, ASLA takes up quite a bit of time. So here I am uh, in Chicago now. I've been with Lamar Johnson Collaborative as a site designer for about a year and a few months. And, uh, you know, we do kind of everything from big uh, school campuses to uh, we're doing a couple of pro bono projects right now, which are a lot of fun in the city or different sort of uh, city departments, which I, I really love is to try to balance out what we do for profit and then what we do for the community. So I actually really enjoy this company that I'm at right now. And it really kind of embodies what I want to do for, for myself, which is, is to be able to not only practice and, and, and um, make beautiful spaces, but to try to like really enrich and improve the communities that we live in and the communities that we don't live in. And I think that I've been able to do a lot of that in the past with ASLA through like volunteer opportunities and going into the communities that way. But I'm really excited that I, I've been able to, to do that now with the company I'm at. So really my whole life is ASLA and work. <laughs> <laughs> I get that feeling. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you mentioned that you got involved as a junior in school. Where did you go to college? I went to school at UC Davis, University of California in Davis. So I actually grew up in California and I uh, went to school. I um, started out as a civil engineering uh, degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's pretty common. And then I realized I hated it and I wasn't I wasn't really very happy with it. 
that's no no offense to any of the civil engineers out there which I actually have a lot of friends who are civil engineers but it just wasn't it wasn't fulfilling it wasn't um sort of getting you know exciting or or fun really you know I I can do it like technically I can do it I'm you know I'm really good at math and I always have been and I think that was why I went into civil engineering you know coming from I'm I'm an immigrant so my parents immigrated with us here had 21 years ago now so I was born in Chile um, but I grew up in California and so having parents who don't really know you know, um, I guess the breadth of careers out there was something that we kind of navigated together as the oldest daughter. And so it was kind of like, okay, are you going to be an architect or are you going to be an engineer? And I was like, I guess I'll be an engineer because <laughs> I can, you know, why not? And then, you know, it didn't go well at all. And uh, and that's okay because <laughs> then I've had I feel my that architecture. Pain. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it actually was funny because it did lead me kind of to landscape architecture because I guess if I hadn't gone into civil engineering at UC Davis, which also happened to be one of, I think, only two accredited programs in California, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, that's awesome. And coming from a background, you said in Chile, had, had your parents or your family ever heard of landscape architecture? No, there was a lot of education there. <laughs> there was a lot of education, you know, obviously even for me having to sort of look it up. And and funny enough, I had actually kind of been doing a little bit of that, you know, obviously with more of the residential side because I did drafting all of high school. Okay. I was uh, in those um, CAD like classes for four years and so I always we always had sort of family friends who were like oh hey I need you know I need you to draft this yard up for me because I'm whatever I need to go in for a permit or something and be like okay yeah I can do that why not (laughs) I'll throw in some plants not knowing that that was like a thing that you could do for your career obviously it's not what I'm doing today (laughs) But a lot of, you know, designers do do that. And uh, it's only one of the many things that we can do, which is great. But yeah, you know, sort of having to educate my family, my parents were very much into it once I, you know, sort of went through what it was and why, why it was exciting for me. I had a couple of other family members who were like, why would you, you know, you're so smart. Why would you go into landscaping? And it's like, well, that's, that's not what I'm doing. But right. <laughs> I'm still, smart. I'm still smart and uh, I'm doing landscape architecture. So, <laughs> and then they're like, Oh, so you're an architect, right? Yeah. So you're going to design buildings. No, again, not, not what I do. I'll just show you. That's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like that's always a conversation that has to happen when people are at the beginning of their career, unless they already had a landscape architect that was a family friend or someone in the family, because just, Nobody knows what it is. No, no one. And and I, it's funny. I have been getting so many more people that went like just random people like Uber drivers or like people I meet, you know, sort of around that I'll be like, oh, I'm a landscape architect. They're like, oh my gosh, my friend's a landscape architect. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. There's more of us. (laughs) Now I don't have to explain it. (laughs) Where, where is everybody? We need need to make sure everybody knows about this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Awesome. So then in your junior year, you started to get involved. Was that something that you were voted in by your classmates or nominated by a professor? Or did you just decide to get more involved on your own? So at first, it was definitely like I just wanted to 
do whatever to just get involved. It felt at first, especially sort of that first year, and it was actually probably we were introduced to a sophomore year. And when I say sophomore, junior year, those are like within the program because I did two and a half years of civil engineering. So let's put those aside. So but, did you have, sorry, did no, you did six years of undergrad? Yes. Yeah, same. I did six okay. years. I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six years. It's very long years, but uh, very much worth it. And actually at, in Davis, just because of the way that sort of that first and year and a half works, you only really do like three and a half of being like in the program, accepted into the program because you have to like apply with a portfolio and everything. So we were introduced sort of that sophomore year of the program into ASLA. So like had a barbecue with professionals and it was really, really nice. And for me, it felt more like a club. I was like, all right, I got to like just dive in because I don't know anyone. I had never really done that for civil and it really always because I, I, I commuted for most of my time as in the civil engineering degree. So it was really hard to like really dive in and like meet people or any of that. And so I, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just meet some people. And, you know, these professionals seem cool. So what, what can I do? And the first sort of role that I had was, I think it was like, sophomore liaison to the board of the student chapter. So it was just to like uh, relay information that the chapter, that the student chapter was doing over to like our little group of sophomores. Awesome. So then after that, I would guess that you possibly had a VP role and president at some point, I'm going to guess. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, what was that second role? Oh man. I think it's the second role. I think I might have gone, I think it was like joint secretary and president-elect for that junior year, and then and then senior year I was president. So that second year when I was president-elect, I actually got to meet a lot of uh, professionals, and wh- it was my first time going to D.C. for mid-year and advocacy day because our local professional chapter, the Sierra chapter, they had this program that they wanted to restart of sending the president or president-elect to these meetings just to sort of dive into what that world was and to meet more people and to just be exposed. So I was sponsored to go, you know, as a junior and it was, it was pretty amazing. And I, I drank the Kool-Aid and here I am. <laughs> That happens. Those trips make a big difference. Once you start to get involved and you get an opportunity, it really opens your eyes to how awesome it can be to be involved. And you get out of the profession what you put into it. So, awesome. yeah. And, and into the organization also, you know, I, I, for me, for a lot of people, the, the ASLA is, is very much like, uh, yeah, I'll do it when I can, or like, why should I do it? Or, you know, what does it give me? And for me, they're really synonymous, like they really go together. They, I don't see myself practicing without being a part of ASLA because it's where I've been able to meet everyone. And I now know basically at least one landscape architect in every state. And I can probably call them up and, you know, and they would know who I am or like we could sort of get into it. And that's something that really helps with, you know, practicing or or having mentors, or, you know, asking any question about, you know, hey, I'm doing a project, and which we just did, actually, a few months ago, and I didn't do it, but one of, but 
Kale, who you know, who I work with, he called up one of his landscape architect friends in Phoenix because we we're doing a project there. And we we're like, we don't know plants in Phoenix. Like, can you help us out? And, you know, yeah, like it's not, you know, a lot of what I've heard in a lot of firms that I've worked with, who I, I don't work with anymore for, for probably that same reason is it's sort of like, well, I, I, why would I go meet people who are my, in my field? Why wouldn't I just go use that time and an investment to go meet people that potentially would be my client? And it's like, it's just, it's so sort of one-sided and, and there's so much that you, that you can take out of, of meeting and collaborating with people um, that are in the field. Yep, absolutely. So then after college, did you move to Chicago right away or where were you at? No, I, so I knew right away that I wanted to move to Chicago. I did actually my undergrad thesis, my senior year on Chicago, on Inglewood, which is one of the, yeah, yeah, (laughs) which is in the south side of Chicago and it has a lot of problems. And, and my thesis was sort of how do we, start to solve some of these issues as far as disinvestment and lack of community resources and all of those things and, you know, food desert and all of that. And how do we solve that without gentrifying and displacement? So that was really fun. But that sort of having to do all of that study really just kind of got me to love Chicago just generally. And so I immediately started looking for a job here and but I knew that I didn't want to just take any job. So I kind of took my time with it. And in the meantime, I did about a year of research with one of my former professors. So I have experience doing research, which is, is kind of fun. And then I practiced for about another year, year and a half with a company out in Sacramento doing sort of small parks or what we call production homes, which is just like big developments with very few designed landscapes but (laughs) you know it's sort of it was a great experience because I I did learn a lot about the process of sort of just construction just generally and what I didn't want to do which is awesome sometimes you need that too (laughs) you gotta learn (laughs) get it both ways you either get it you get good experience and get to know yourself and your likes and dislikes in the profession also yeah yeah and before that I did which was really helpful which I don't think unfortunately not a lot of people have the opportunity to do as I did about a year of internship while I was in school so that was actually really helpful because it was a the really small company Keith Wilson who is also a huge Maisley rock star and he was actually one of my professors and we're still really good friends and because it was such a small at that point small company you know he really taught us a lot of the things that I even to this day don't really talk about with our leadership. You know, it's it's sort of how do you bill? How do you, you know, start the negotiations with a client? How do you do all of these things on top of sort of the day-to-day, which was really helpful also. But yeah, so then I was at that last company for about a year. And then I actually came, which (laughs) Not a lot of people do. I don't know what sort of inspired me to do it, but I, while I was working out in Sacramento, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go pretend, not really pretend, but I'm going to go pretend that I'm a Chicago person and I'm just going to go to their professional awards. Like I just, I, I flew out to Chicago and I, cause I had a couple of friends here. So it was, it was not 
as bad, but <laughs> it's not bad I, at all. Actually, it's pretty genius. <laughs> yeah, and I went to their professional awards and met uh, a ton of people. You know, their professional awards. It will obviously we didn't have one this year, but three hundred people. Um, all professionals or like consultants or, or city people. And it was a ton of fun. And everyone was like, wait, you're not, you're not from here. Like, what are you doing here? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm looking for a job. I'm looking to see if anyone's hiring. And that's how I, I talked to the person that ended up hiring me, who I actually already knew through ASLA. But I think being there, you know, and like, making a present is is sort of what you need sometimes. Yeah, and then I came out here and was at Terra Engineering for about a year or so and then switched over to another company for a couple of months. There was just sort of some stuff that happened there and then now I'm where I'm at at Lamar Johnson Collaborative, which is is amazing. Awesome. Yeah, sometimes it takes uh, a few tries to find a place that you really love and the environment is great and you're doing the type of projects that you really want to be in. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that always worried me, you know, that it, that's something that we get a bad rap as millennials of like uh, jumping around from job to job. So it obviously worried me that I had, you know, at that point, well, I guess at this point I have about six different companies under my belt. So with like six, seven years of experience, it's a lot, it's a lot of companies and it's something that I definitely like have had to explain why, but there's always a good reason. And you know, I am not the kind of person that sticks around in any one company if I feel like it's not adding anything or if I feel like I'm not adding anything to them. And I don't, you know, I don't think that is, uh, that's just, I, it's not for me. So yeah, I, I get uh, that. yeah, so, so this, uh, stick it around here for a little bit, for sure. We've got a really great team here and uh, we've got some offices in St. Louis and we've got, well, we've got one office in St. Louis and then one in Kansas City and great people and everyone. I think the biggest thing, which unfortunately you don't, don't find everywhere, everyone is so excited to do their job and to be landscape architects. And that was something that was definitely missing from a lot of my other companies that I was at. Yeah. And that's a very good point that you made that each position that you hold means something or helps you learn something a lot of like you said like millennials have a bad rep I'm one too (laughs) but to be unfulfilled in your career you spend so much time at work to be unhappy yeah (laughs) just makes for a really long week and then you're not putting in your time and effort and it adds up you want to be happy doing something you're passionate about yeah it adds up exactly it adds up and and you know at the end of the day like if you're not happy doing your job the job notices like the work that comes out of you it doesn't come out great and I I don't want to do anything I don't want to do that to any company that I'm at and it's not something I can help you know I will always put a hundred percent into every job that I'm at even if I even if I hate it but it's not going to be as inspired it's not going to be as creative and it's not you know it's not going to be the best that I could and so why why do that to that company Red lines are a given in any landscape design. What if you can make global changes to your plan by clicking a button? With instant highlighting, error checking, and editing tools, LandFX helps you locate what needs changing and then makes those changes instantly, like swapping out one plant species for another throughout your drawing. For a free trial of the AutoCAD add-on for landscape architects, head over to landfx.com.
Absolutely. So then you've been in Chicago for a couple of years now. When did you decide to jump into the ASLA executive committee here in Illinois? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't really given too much of a choice. <laughs> Got nominated? Um, yeah, so I've been in Chicago now for three years and know a lot of the board members, um, have known them. You know, Brad McCauley and I have been friends for about six years and he at that moment was I think he was trustee when I moved out here and you know friends with a couple of other ones and so right away I jumped in as sort of committee member so it was advocacy member committee member and then communications committee committee member and then that second year I guess after a year that I had been here, probably not even a year, it was probably, it was like nine months or so. Brad was like, you should, um, we don't have anyone running for president. You should, we should go for it. I was like, I, no one knows me. Why would I do that? Like, it doesn't really make sense. I was like, okay, cool. Like, we'll do this. I will run. I will put my name in. If someone else comes in to like nominate themselves, then I'm going to drop out. Like, I don't, I, I don't need to be taking anyone's spot that like has been here for years. I don't want to do it. And we're like, okay, okay, okay. Last day of nominations, Rob Roland, who works with Brad at site, gets nominated. I'm like, and Brad was like, no, 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 you have to stay in. Like, we haven't had two people run in so long. I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to make me run <laughs> against someone who's been here for so long. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll do it. I hate, I'm not a competitive person really. And I was like, I hate this, but okay, I'll do it. I hate to tell this part of it because Rob totally deserves his spot. I lost by one vote, which to me was just like crazy because no so one knows me. <laughs> I was like, what? This is nuts. And I think it was more a matter of like, I seemed fresh and I'm a female probably. And I, at that point had already met some people and they're like, yeah, we don't, we can, we'll let's go with a new person. But Rob is now president. And obviously, you know, they were like, well, you all already almost won. So just run again. Oh, and okay. no one ran against me. So now here I am. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. Mine too. And I said the same thing. Like if no one else will run, yeah, that sure. <laughs> and then I find out, they were sneaky. They didn't even ask anybody else. I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, but again, here I am too. So, Right. So yeah. So now, you know, this last year being the year before I had been membership co-chair. So mm -hmm. that also was, is something that like I, I really love doing is membership. And I was membership chair in, in California also at the Sierra chapter. And I've been involved, um, nationally uh, in sort of those national committees in the Emerging Professionals Committee and in the Membership Committee. And, you know, I think it's just somewhere, it's, it's something that like, just, I think it's the people aspect that I really enjoy doing. And so I think, you know, obviously right now membership's really hard just because of the times, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's something that like is always on my mind, membership and, and diversity and like, how do we increase both of those things together? So those are, those are sort of, my pathways in, in when I volunteer sort of, those are the two things that I focus on. And I think, thankfully I've, I've been able to do those things 
and have something to talk about. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the things, oh, I'll explain that a little bit. That's one of the things that I've always, because I've been in sort of all, so many different jobs uh, with so many different companies, I'd never felt like I had like an expertise in anything really. And so I really wanted to be able to like have something to talk about if, you know, I, I was on a panel or, or, or whatever that like I had something to, to contribute. And, and so through ASLA, sort of the membership and, and diversity and community engagement has really sort of become the thing that I, I like to talk about and, and have some insight into. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been really fun here to, to do that. In, in Chicago, because we have such a diverse sort of city and add that to sort of Illinois as a whole, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of sort of different things that you're trying to, to account for because you don't only, you don't only have Chicago, uh, which is, is this massive sort of presence. You have the rest of Illinois that you have to focus on. And so, to think now that like I'm going to be the president that's like representing all of these different people is is kind of wild and I've been putting it off as long as I can. <laughs> It'll be here real quick. It's uh, now in a what a couple of weeks. weeks? <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the time by the time this airs, uh, it'll be like the week of. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> no, you're gonna do fantastic, and you've done some panels now at the national conference, correct? You did something in San Diego, right? Yeah, I've done a couple. I've done three. So I did, gosh, okay. So last year I did one on allies. It was called Allies, Advocates, and Stakeholders. So it's about sort of this new model of, of mentorship, uh, which we like to call stakeholdership or sort of sponsorship. And I did that with people I, I would call my stakeholders. And then, gosh, okay. And then in the year before that, I don't know where it was. Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia. I did a sort of a different, it wasn't like an official panel. It was at the expo. It was one of those like PPN live sessions. Mm-hmm. And it was for the women's PPN, uh, Women in Landscape Architecture PPN. And it was about sort of the same thing about just um, these women in leadership, which I guess they included me in it, (laughs) (laughs) to talk about sort of our experience as women and why volunteering and and having these different opportunities into leadership are important. And it was with Wendy Miller, who is president or incoming president of National at the time, and also Haley Blakeman, who was in, in the last one that I did. And that was sort of the setup for the one I did last year because it was so successful. It was the first PPN live session that had had over 100 guests, which was which is pretty awesome because it wasn't like you didn't get an, a CEU for it. It was just sort of a thing that was going on and people just stopped and the pictures for it are pretty, pretty awesome. And before that was was my first one in LA about, I'm trying to remember what it was called. We always have these long names. <laughs> it, was just, it was about diversity, basically, in the profession. And like, 
why it's important and it, it was like a diversity sort of but in less in in the context of ASLA and more in the context of just like the profession and why it's important to have diverse and diverging views when you're practicing so oh, that was a perfect place for that yeah yeah exactly it was it was really good yeah I think that that was a lay right before yeah I think so I didn't yeah. get to that one but yeah yeah it was fun yeah, and all of these, you know, are conversations that, let's see, the the first and the last one, all conversations that I have with friends normally. And so that first one especially was my first, I believe it was my first year out of school. And I was like, it's going to be really expensive for me to go out to the conference. So how do I make that easier on myself? And speaking to my good friend, Jonathan Giels, um, who is one of my biggest stakeholders, we were like, all right, well, these are conversations that are happening sort of every day with us. And like, we know other people that we're having it with. Was that also, (laughs) I think that was 20, that was 2017. So it was a year after the elections, which was why we were having sort of these conversations, because you have to, you submit the year, sort of like the beginning of that year, December of the year before January right, of that right, year. Yeah. So, so it, was it would have right been around. December like 2016 when you submitted. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so it was right around um, after the elections. And so we were having these conversations about, you know, what was happening in that moment. And I was like, let's just submit something and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And we got it and it was great. And I was wildly nervous to be presenting for the first time on a national stage, but I was doing it with my friends. So it really, it really helped ease a lot of that. And it was with Diana Fernandez from the Boston chapter who I had met at the diversity. No, did I meet her at the diversity summit? I don't even remember where I meet everyone anymore, but her and I were together at the diversity super summit a couple years ago. And Hannah, Ishikawa from here, from from Chicago, who I'd met through Brad McCauley, and Jonathan Keels from the Illinois chapter. So it was really, sorry, from the Indiana chapter. And so it was really diverse where we all came from, but we, you know, all sort of knew each other from, from these interactions. And it was a really fun conversation. And then the second one in LA was actually, or sorry, in Philly was actually something that Allison Kelly, who is uh, Sean Kelly, Sean Kelly's daughter, Sean Kelly being the uh, past president now, I believe, of the uh, ASLA, you know, asked me to be a part of this panel with like these big shots, uh, women, you know, Haley Blakeman, VP of membership, Wendy Miller, president, or at that point, incoming president of ASLA, Vanessa Warren, who was VP, oh gosh, no. Haley was VP of communications and Vanessa was VP of membership. And just like all of these women who I, you know, have known for, for a bit, but who are way more like established in their careers. And I was like, what am I going to talk about? (laughs) But it was a really, it was a really great conversation. And it ended up that I, I, I did have a little bit to contribute and it was really fun. Well, that's a key thing though, too. I found I try to attend at least one of the women in landscape architecture discussions at every conference that I get to. And it is always women that are established and it's women who have 
families and who've been doing this for 20 or 30 or 40 years. And I understand that that's great, but there's a whole new generation where some of these women, it doesn't always quite correlate anymore. You know, I've, I appreciated listening to you (laughs) because (laughs) it is someone closer to my age and my experience level who's getting involved with these discussions and able to speak about what we as young women and young professionals, professionals in general are seeing every single day and not being established and having those worries about job hopping or <laughs> like, I want to see the world. Can I get the time off? Uh, like all those things are, are still relevant. So that's a good opposite for you to bring to the, to the discussion. Yeah. And it, and it was, you know, it was a little bit of that for sure. It was how to, you know, and, and really everyone on that stage had had sort of a different path into into leadership, into volunteering for these roles. And, you know, it was great. And it, and it did bring up a lot of things and everyone in the audience was very engaged. And so that was when Haley and I, when Allison actually, who ended up not being able to, to attend the panel last year in San Diego, we decided to have that conversation again, but sort of do it less in the sort of maybe just a little bit more a little less about women specifically and just more about mentorship and why it's important, especially for women. And so we actually brought in Keith Wilson, who I talked about earlier, um, who has been really a stakeholder for both Haley and myself in a lot of different ways. And it was, it was good because one of the things that came out of that PPN session in Philly was that, you know, Yes, there is a lack of representation of women in the field, 100%, and especially in leadership in firms. And so then how do women sort of go about practicing if they don't have a female either to look up to or to ask questions or, or whatever that might be? And, you know, it's, it's realizing that it's okay to have a male mentor or to have a male stakeholder. And I actually have a lot of those. And, and sometimes what that helps is it gives you that perspective of, of someone who doesn't really have the same sort of challenges as we do. And it helps you, for me at least, it, it has helped me overcome a lot of those things because they're a lot more brazen about the way they go about things. And so it's like, no, don't worry, like just apply to that job. It doesn't matter if you're like, you know, maybe not exactly what they're looking for. And, and a lot of the times that's, that is a male thing. (laughs) And, (laughs) and so, you know, it, it has helped me a lot to have those, those people in my life and to know that I can, you know, literally call them up whenever I'm struggling with something and that they will be honest and, and help me. And I think sort of just going back to the difference between a mentor and a stakeholder for me is really that a mentor is like, this is what I did. Just follow this. And a stakeholder for me is a lot more sort of personalized and it's a lot more like they know me and they, they advocate for me. And the, the solutions or advice that they give is based on what they know about me. And it might've been something that they went through or might have not been and they just are like maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that and it's just it's a little bit more sort of fluid and personalized and it's also which was one of the big things that we try to get at with our with our panel that day was it is it's a two-way street so as much as 
John and Keith and Haley are my, my stakeholders, I am to them as well. And so there is a lot of times where, for instance, one of the examples that Haley used I believe it was Haley or maybe maybe it was Keith or maybe it was both of them that it was Keith. <laughs> um, he had never been, he had never been on a national panel and I, I came to him and I was like, Hey, we're doing this panel. I think you would be great. I think that you have a ton to contribute to this conversation. Would you do it with me? And for him, that was really great because I was sort of advocating for him and I was giving him this opportunity that no one really had thought maybe to give him before. And so it, it is sort of that next level of, of being a mentor, of, of just being like invested in someone else's journey and progression. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Like you said, the difference between a stakeholder and a mentor and being more involved, I feel like that isn't, isn't used often enough, but I really like the way that you guys have been approaching that. Hopefully more, more groups can start to implement that. Yeah, I think so. And and it really, you know, it's sort of it. And the things that we were talking about at that, at that panel and the last panel and what I've tried to, to um, get across sort of whenever I talk to anyone about this is it really comes down to either sort of either party can do it, right? Whether you're sort of the less established professional or the more established professional of your peers, but it's about continuing that conversation. And unfortunately, obviously, I know and I've always said this, that like, I know that I'm an exception in the sense that like, I have always been really involved. And so I've already sort of created my voice and I've been able to like, go up to people that maybe people my age would not normally be able to do because they don't know as many people or they haven't had as many sort of opportunity to be exposed. And so it is harder for, for someone who is emerging if they haven't had those opportunities to start a relationship like that. And so that's sort of where the more established person can come in and say like, Hey, you know, I think you're really great. Let's, you know, it's more of an organic thing, less than like, will you be my mentor? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause sometimes then it's like, okay, then they feel obligated because you asked and yeah, it doesn't quite work the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Everything But The Building is also sponsored by Arca English. Check them out on Instagram or Facebook. So you, we've discussed a little bit about your background, your involvement with Illinois ASLA and some panels, but you were also recently a part of the National Search Committee for a new ASLA CEO. Can you give me a little bit of background on how that conversation got started, who called you or however that process happened? Yeah, it was, it was kind of wild. I got a call a, a year ago, I guess, at this point. So a, probably a year and a few months ago when it was probably a couple months after the previous CEO departed. And Greg Miller, who is past president he which I I've only gotten a phone call from him a couple of times <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah like he and I have known each other for for some time now for like six six years or so so obviously I know him and we've chatted but every time he calls it's it's like to to 
ask me something like to, <laughs> hey, will you be on this panel? Or like, hey, will you do this? And this one was like, so we've got the search committee and we would love for you to be a part of it. And, you know, he explained that there was, I think in that moment he explained it or maybe it was later, but there was six of us who the the board and himself had had selected basically based on what they knew about each of us. And they wanted this group to be as diverse as possible, not only in sort of backgrounds, but in sort of experience and sort of pathways in the field. And he was like, I think you are basically the best representation of where the future of ASLE is. And I was like floored. I was I guess. Okay, sure. Why not? And he was like, he asked me, you know, sort of at the end of our, it was, it was a long conversation. He asked me, he was like, okay, well, do you need some time to like talk about it with your company just to make sure that they're okay with it? Cause it's going to be probably, a, you know, at the start, it won't be a lot of time commitment, but later on when we're actually selecting, it will be. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't need to talk to anyone about it. I was like, if they don't want to support this, which is an incredible opportunity, then I don't really want to be a part of this company. So it's something that I'm doing and I will let them know and I will talk to them about it respectfully, but no, this is my decision and, and I'm, and I'm going to do it. There's no way I'm saying no to this like (laughs) at all. (laughs) So I said, yes. And it, it was incredible. And, and my company was very much on board and very excited for for me to be a part of that process great and can you give me a little background on what happened after that initial (laughs) conversation yeah so it was a couple of months later when we actually started meeting about sort of what this would be so let's see if I can if I can remember the church committee so it's um, it was myself Greg Miller um, Dennis Atsuji who uh, was a president in his time um while back um, from San Diego, Susan Jacobson, who is actually here in Illinois, who is uh, also president of <laughs> ASLA, and Kofi Boone, who is now kind of everyone knows who he is from North Carolina. Is that right? I think that's right. He's Kofi. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm going to feel really bad if I missed anyone. I don't think I missed anyone. Oh, no, and Tom, Tom Morose, obviously, who is the now past president to Wendy Miller. So all of these people, you know, had been presidents or like Kofi Boone or like crazy, you know, smart professionals. And then we had Kurt Millay and Roxanne, who were both sort of the interim CEOs. Roxanne, who was in charge of, or is, I guess, is staff for ASLA for advocacy. And then Kurt, who is the he does everything. I don't know what his name was before <laughs> Jack this. Jack of all trades, yeah. Jack of all Much. trades. And, and then all of us kind of setting up the process. So what would this process be like? You know, what did we want to get out of it? Who, what kind of person were we looking for? And then we started the, we started the first thing that we did after sort of those initial conversations was to talk and hire a, look for and hire a, I think they're called like a recruiting company. So they were the ones that would do the headhunting basically for a nominee for us. Um, that's not the name, the, for a candidate for us, for CEO. And so we interviewed three or four different companies for that. 
because we wanted to make sure that they knew what we were looking for, that they would be able to sort of adapt to us being maybe a different group just because we're creative and, and, you know, sort of the stage that we're, or the sort of where we're at as a, as an organization and knowing that we really wanted someone that would take us to the next level and really be able to take advantage of, of, in that moment, we didn't know obviously what 2020 had in store for us, but, um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, that it was already for us, for ASLA, it was already pretty difficult, you know, financially and membership, membership numbers hadn't really were basically stalled at that point. And so knowing that we needed to hire someone to, to kind of push us through all of that. And so the first step was hiring the head hunting company, which is incredibly complex and like almost, you know, like we're giving you our baby, like help us through it. And so once we made that decision to go with the company that we went for, it was about, you know, look, how do we set up this job position and how do we set it up in the best way possible to get the candidates that we want? Thanks again, Maggie, for taking time out of your weekend to join me for a great chat. Be sure to tune in in two weeks for part two of our discussion. If you have any questions or comments, please visit everythingbutthebuilding.com and leave a message. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you'd like to give feedback or episode suggestions, you can send it directly to ebtvpodcast at gmail.com. Cover art for the podcast was created by at James E. Butler, and music for the podcast was created by Adam Chikinskis and Dan Ross.